step forward. We're brothers. We're happy. And, no, I'm playing. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Then Out Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate all the support up until this point and hope for your continued support. Um, this week, we're going to get into three different topics. Uh, one we've already previously talked about initially, but Otis wasn't here for that. So we'll get into Obi-Wan with Otis later on. But uh, the big honcho that I think we're all excited about that we all agree is some good content is that of Spy Family. Um, they, I think Otis put me on to this show. Um, and then I don't know if Ethan had already known about it beforehand, but yeah, I was trying, all, to, trying to get you out here also. Yeah, yeah, I um, I picked it up. I'm only like three episodes in, so I'm not as far in as these guys. But in these three episodes, I have witnessed this show is amazing to me. Um, it's it's a weird blend of like a slice of life slash action. This pretty much has anything that you're a fan of in anime. I feel like it kind of has this in it. Um, outside of like the big kaiju fights and shit like that, but um, yeah, it's dope. Uh, what are your guys' initial thoughts on this? And we'll start with Ethan this time. I feel like we always start with Otis. Oh, well, thank you. So I actually had, uh, like like Otis's girlfriend, I had read the manga first. Not all of it, but I read a bunch of the manga. And I was really into it. Like, it's actually pretty cool. And I, because I think it was, originally this was when they had, they, they were doing, it wasn't part of their, their initial like jump printed book it was like the digital version that i read i think that's what there was like a whole line of digital jump magazines are making and whatnot and i was it was easy to read and it was really fun it was a bizarrely fun book and i love spy uh spy that whole spy genre like james bond and whatnot or spy versus spy um and with this in particular they had it where it was very fun as far as watching like the family element involved with it so i actually just enjoyed seeing that the aspect of a cute, a cute little girl with telepathy and uh, the, the the tropes of other spy genres kind of mixed in there. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. But you, Otis? Yeah. Um, so, initially, like, I, I had seen the art for the the, the, the manga for this a, a while ago, and I just thought it was like, well, it has the word family in it, so my brain automatically turned off to it, like, instantly. Because <laughs> usually, I mean, slice of life anime isn't really my cup of tea. Um, like there are a few of them that uh, stand out to me that I can enjoy, but uh, most of them just kind of like go brain numb too. So I was reluctant to start it, but um, mm. yeah, uh, after watching the, the first episode, I was immediately hooked on to it. I mean, it's it's just it's well, it's a well crafted show. Like it, it it has the action and the espionage for 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 men. It has the slice of life moments and the cheeky moments for for women. You know, it's got a. a it's got you're following child characters. What's got something for children? You know, it's it's really a show that is built for pretty much all audiences, and uh, I think they're doing a really good job uh, in crafting it. Real quick, I want to ask you, uh, Ethan, are you are you into slice life animes at all? Since Ethan, uh, since Otis gave his uh, and stop on them. Yeah, I don't like seek out slice of life animes. But I'm not opposed to them if it's a good story. If there's obviously like, mm -hmm. a, I guess, would you consider a slice of life anime like a, uh, what's it called? Rem not remember your name, but uh, your is this your name that movie that was called Otis? Your name. Um, I have no idea. Yeah. I, okay. I, I, I don't remember the name at all. Yeah. Or like my new, like, like my neighbor Totoro. Or oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's for sure. Slice of life. Uh, my neighbor Totoro. Okay. It's got some action adventure elements in it. But I feel like that's more of a slice of life. But do you enjoy those? Do y'all enjoy those ones? Mm, not really. I can. Okay. I um. I know, you know, this is kind of me being weird and growing up with grandparents. Um, I grew up watching a lot of um soap operas with my grandma, and with our neighbor across the street, I watched a lot of telenovelas with her. So I kind of I have like a kind of appreciation and a love for them in a sense, because mm -hmm. to me that's like the purest form of character writing because when your whole show is based around the personality and how characters interact and not just off of a violent act, to me, that's like the purest form you can get of character development because it's purely based on the characters and how they interact. Granted, a lot of soap operas, like As the World Turns or The Brave and the Bold and shit like that have run for way too long. Um, but the stuff with that kind of, uh, with that kind of thematic writing and pacing and stuff like that, I really I tend to enjoy a little bit if it's done well. The Brave and the Bold is a is a soap opera. I thought that was a, a line of young, young and young and the restless, and then the uh... is a Brave and the Bold or the wait the no, Bold and the Beautiful. Yeah, both yeah both the Beautiful. Yeah, Brave and Bold is definitely. Bold uh, you're gonna swear that was Batman. Yeah, the Dietrich Bader Batman. But mm -hmm. uh, so so the thing is though, I I think so. What I've seen the actual writer of this of the um not manga because it's not the, not Japanese, but um, it is Japanese. 
no, 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 not that, that for a spy family, but I mean for the um, for two year eternity, okay. they qualify that on some level as slice of life, even though it has supernatural <laughs> elements. Even that, that right, that's what the writer said herself. She said because even though it has supernatural elements, it's still it focuses on actually his day to day life with these people and actually interacting with them with them as far as actually like having actual. I would, like, I would classify that more as a as a drama or a psychological drama than a than a slice of life. Uh, yes. I mean, I guess I can see it to a degree. It's a it's a lot of a lot. It's it's so many genres mixed in there. But it's I guess the thing is like Dev said too is like what as long as the story they're telling is compelling, I'm on board for it. Mm-hmm. Whether it be whatever the regardless of the genre, yeah, you know? yeah, the relationships have to be some form like be dynamic to some extent. Like mm-hmm. you can't just be the stereotype. Granted, I feel like they need to have some form of familiarity there, and people need to be able to identify with these stories. But I can't just be seeing something that I would see going down the street and seeing like peeking in the neighbor's house, right? Um, or it can be boring. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah I agree. Which I agree. stuff like that. Um, another big one, which is um Jane the Virgin. I don't know if you ever watched that with um I think Gina Rodriguez is the main character. I'm, of that. Familiar, I'm familiar with it. Yeah, um, I yeah. watched that entire series. It's basically, it's basically like a modern telenovela. Where it's, yeah. it's it's dope. It's, it's or like dope. an American telenovela. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. They kind of play into that whole telenovela vibe. It's like a um, like they make it like that. They overly dramatize everything and like put it in the style of a telenovela. Yeah, uh, it's dope. I fuck with it. So uh, real quick, uh, not to get into spoilers, but so she gets pregnant. Is she actually a virgin? How is how does that happen? So essentially, the whole concept of the show is essentially that she was accidentally artificially inseminated. So Ooh, she's a virgin. That was pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> And they go through the whole drama of Jesus. that and the baby daddy drama and all kinds of people die. You... People die and come back to life, and then people Whoa. get murdered. And it's crazy. It's hey, that I ain't gonna lie not, to you. That is not just slice of life at all. That is that is. It's Jesus. some wild shit. I fuck with it heavy. I, I love that. Is there? <laughs> I, I had no, 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 me or like <laughs> the equivalent of like niggas that only watch sub anime for whatever. Right, like, I right, love yeah. telenovelas, and I don't understand a single word. I can't oh, even really? think the name okay. of one, but I will sit down with like my Spanish friends or like uh, my neighbor that grew up across the street from a, well, she didn't grow up across the street. I grew up across the street from her um, and she is uh, Colombian and she would have them on all the time and she's like cooking for her kids and stuff and I sit there and watch kids and watch the novellas with her and it was, oh, just, oh those is no crazy. Judgment. Somebody always dies and come back. I, I don't know. They always die in the worst ways. Well, that's so poppers in general. Mm-hmm. Which is why we have or they, have, or they have an evil twin, right, or there's right, a coma, right. or like a uh, amnesia. Amnesia is very prevalent in soap operas mm-hmm. and telenovelas, both of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but 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 it is. It, I I do want to not now. I don't be running out of time. Yeah, we yeah. have to circle back to how you get accidentally hard. <laughs> like someone trips with a syringe. Oops. Basically, I'm sorry. The doctor- <laughs> it's like, no, it, this is permanent shit. Basically, uh, the doctor is doing it as like an alcoholic, and she's just incompetent. Oh my god! Intimidates the wrong person versus Jesus. She's, it's a whole thing, but that is a whole, family, whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Back, 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 you, back, back, yeah, back, back, we. Back. If you guys want us to talk about that and whatever, just let us know. <laughs> we'll, I'll, I'll make a video myself on it because it was cool. Um, I'll watch it. I'll watch it twice. Yeah, getting into Spy Family again. I love the characters a lot. The biggest thing that I love about this show and the dynamic between the three main characters. Is the little girl? I can't remember. You guys remember her name off the top of your head? Anya. Anya. Yeah. I love how she's essentially she's not the smartest one out of the pack, but to me she's like the best manipulator because she knows what people, what these adults want, and like hears their inner thoughts, and she's able to like maneuver things around to fit mm-hmm. what she wants. And obviously she wants a family and right. like cool parents, so she's able to manipulate that around. And it's it's yeah. cool to see a kid that young with that kind of level of, I guess, um, next level thinking that young and kind of doing that i enjoyed that even more so than that she's almost like a a near omniscient uh narrator for the series as well because that's how we get the i uh, like the inside thoughts of you know the father and the mother so like she she is really the conduit to how the story progresses and um i I really like how they incorporate her growth into the the progression of the 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 respective missions of the mother and father right I agree. Uh, what up, Craig? Real quick, yeah. What up, Craig? What yeah, you, Craig? I, I completely agree with both of y'all. I love Anya. She's she's adorable. Um, she's just said it same in the manga. She's very cute. Uh, and like you said too, Otis, the idea that she's through her we're able to kind of hear the thoughts of what the characters hear, kind of hear the narration of what they're feeling or thinking. But she's in, in a weird way. She's kind of the glue that holds them together. They wouldn't have they wouldn't have come together if it wasn't for mm-hmm. her, like you said, Dev, manipulating them to actually. Uh, you know, kind of reveal what they actually right. want to do or, or want to have happen, essentially. There have been times where she would say, like, you know, bluntly, like, oh my gosh, I need a mom or something like that, right mm-hmm. in front of 
yours. So she's like, okay, I, I, mean, I, I guess I can, I can jump over here and do these things. So if she wasn't as clever as she is, I do think she's actually definitely very smart. She's only like five years or four or five years old. I can't remember that age. Mm -hmm. But she's able to be, to one, to hide the fact that she is uh, a telepath. And then right. two, for her to be, able to, to be able to use in real time the skills that she, or the information she has directly into like, you know, her advantage that went fast. She had to be right. very smart to do that. Low key, I wouldn't mind seeing like when this show's over, like a spinoff of just her as an adult later mm -hmm. on. Yeah. You know how OD she's gonna be, where if she has any kind of training from like her mom and her dad, well, right. both those mom and dads, and she's a telepath. I'm like, bro, you're gonna right. be the greatest spy ever in existence. Yeah, you know what she reminds me of? It's a weird, weird connection, but stay with me if you can. Y'all seen Jackie Chan Adventures, right? That cartoon. Yeah, yep, yeah. Like grown Jade. There's a part that shows Jade in the future. She's like grown, like a super spy. It's like yeah, because she trained with Jackie Chan and the other ones mm -hmm. for so long. She's like a, yeah. You more gray white? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Uncle, I love Uncle, that show. Uncle. Uncle. Yeah. But um, yeah. Another character, obviously one of the three that I um probably like my, my second favorite is the the woman, the mom. Your Y O R. Um, I have uh, um. I appreciate femme fatale characters. I feel like um, in a lot of media now, women are either overly sexualized or they're like coveted like they're nuns where they can't show any kind of sexuality. Mm -hmm. So with characters like that in which they can use their sexuality to their own benefit to get what they got to get done in a respectful, I feel like tasteful way, yeah. I appreciate that. I love seeing that, like that she had that like, switch hit, like when she got the phone call for the hit for that first day when they introduce her. Yeah. And, oh, for people that don't know, there are going to be probably big spoilers throughout this for people that haven't seen the first couple episodes or seen the show in general. Just this first three, because you've only seen the first three. I, yeah, I've only seen the first three, so yeah. for me, it's maximum first three. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, she got the call and was put it on assignment, and you saw with a lot of anime characters, with a lot of anime, where her eyes just kind of turned and got really, um, like, demonic in a sense. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. she just flipped, and I love seeing that. I love seeing that evil personality change or just, like, serious tone shift in a character. It's real... Um, for me, like Kobe esque, like some Kobe Bryant shit, where like you just turn into you just a like, killer mentality turns on out of nowhere, and you just right. see her yeah. just wild out and do some wild shit. Yeah, and I really I, I love seeing that in that character, and I, I I can't wait to see what that character has to offer going forward. She, yeah, she definitely has that switch. But what's fun about her is because over the years has become much more of a common trope or cliche, where female characters have kind of like they only have one gear and it's just badass or always badass. They don't have mm -hmm. as opposed to being the the victims. Or, or the damsels in distress. Now they're only badass. They're always super tough, and they have no, no other dimension to them at all. Mm -hmm. But she actually, Yor actually does have. She has, she has. Like, I mean, you see, as you get further into the show, she has lots of. She has flaws herself. She like she um, she'll, she'll get drunk and kind of show a different side to herself. She gets worried about certain things. She has anxiety, but she is very tough. She has a switch. Where she actually can go into super high, hyper, you know, badass spy mode. But she's got multiple layers to her. She's not just a trope. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. she's, she's like a multi-dimensional character, easy. right? Yeah. Right, a multifaceted character. She's not just one thing. Exactly. Right. Do right. you have any uh, any thoughts on her, uh, Otis? Uh, I think she's really a uh, well done character. I mean, you just see like you know her. Uh, they they do a good job uh, highlighting her flaws and her strengths as uh, she progresses as a person and like how she wants to improve uh, as a wife. And like I mean, they just give her really good moments to really define how she is and how uh, she's viewed with uh, with with her family and uh with uh her new family mm. yeah 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 she's not just like black widow uh you know the, from the mcu especially after the mcu she actually is like very much she has vulnerabilities she actually does care about trying to in, the, in a recent episode they were all about her trying to she was doing everything she could to try to be a good wife and a good mother to you know to both of them and she mm. she she and she second guesses herself and she feels she's not staying up to it's not up to snuff with those areas so all right. Yeah, I love I love seeing and like you said in that first episode when she was introduced and I saw showing showing like you guys said she showed her insecurities, she showed um like all the things that regular people go through, but she just happens to be this master assassin that doesn't like doesn't have to ignore her emotions like a Black Widow in the M early in the MCU. Like she's right. again like you guys said like she's a well-rounded, multifaceted character, and I really yeah. like that about her. Um, and one that's interesting too about her. Sorry, cut you off. Yes. No, you go. I'm done. That was it. It's interesting too is how she's, I think, is it 26 or 27? The exact age that she 26, is? 26, I believe. I believe it's 26, right? But the society has pretty much damned her, saying that she's too old to be single. Mm -hmm. And so from the from the jump, we kind of we are endeared to the character because it seems like everyone is against her for being 
older and single and she's like kind of like put upon as far as almost seemed like a failure and whatnot mm-hmm. and it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting angle as opposed to her being like the when we, we were introduced to uh, natasha romanoff in the mcu she's seen as a beautiful woman and everybody, everybody's fawning after her. In this show, though, she's seen, uh, with Yor, she's seen as like a, almost like a failure. So it's a different kind of dimension to come at the character with. Hmm. Uh, yeah, with her in particular, uh, that's that's the interesting thing. With I guess Japan is one of those countries where getting married at a young age is one of those things that um, is the norm in that country. Yeah, um, as it was in America for a while, like a long time ago. Yeah. Um, which I won't get in certain. Yeah, I was in certain parts. parts. Yeah. Which I won't get into the the. Um, the social aspects and whether it's right or wrong or my beliefs in it in particular, but I, I did like seeing um, just how like, her interactions with Erg and her coworkers that were like trying to mess with her about being the weird one and da 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 da. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, it, it again, it just felt like it felt very relatable. Everybody's had those bully coworkers that they've worked with that want to make them feel like that they're better than you because they're in this shitty job and they're jealous of you and how you yeah. look and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. Um, exactly. But I enjoyed it. Yeah, because she is by all by all standards, it seems that like she's a beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. She's very capable as a spy. She can do all kinds of stuff, but she she deals with having people judge her and, and think less of her because she's not married and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. uh, moving on to the main, well, I'm not gonna call him the main main character. He was the first character introduced within the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys, remind me on his name again because I do not remember his name. They just call him Twilight, but he's also known as a uh, Lloyd Lloyd Forger. Lloyd Forger. Um, him, he was a very dope character to me initially. Anytime I see characters that can like change faces, I guess, on some Orochimaru type shit, where you saw him do that like masterfully and he just like would blend like a character that can assume the personality of somebody else so convincingly, like so okay, for people that don't know, I can I guess I'll give the example in the first episode in which he is getting chased down. Well, I think it's the first or second, I can't remember off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but he got found by that mob or the, the gang members or whatever else and they snap they kidnapped his daughter at that point and he comes back and um because they like they, they enter his uh his room that he's in or his house that he's in kidnaps his daughter and like attacks him and then the the writers or the show makes you think that he was knocked out and captured and then when you enter the the scene exchange or like he's presented to the boss he portrays that person so well like, I don't understand how you it's crazy to me because thinking about it in context, you have to not only master this person's voice, master the mannerisms, the way they operate for somebody not to, like, think that it's weird that a person's acting weird, and acting off, especially when you're a criminal like that. I have to imagine that you're even more on edge like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But that was just cool as fuck to me that see that he was able to do that and, like, kind of bounce in and out. Um, no, I, I completely character. agree. Yeah, it's, it's dope. It reminded me of uh, Mission Impo- the Mission Impossible movies, mm-hmm. even the show too, where they wear the mask and they you know become someone different. I mean, his name is also mm-hmm. called Lloyd Forger for a reason, but he's able to. That was his modus operandi. He's able to take on pretty much so many different pers- personas or different personalities, whatever he needs to do for the job. Even with mm-hmm. the main job in the show, he's portraying himself as a family man and a father, like a doctor or whatnot. And that's all forgery too. It's not real. It's not who he actually is. He's not wearing a mask, but he's still technically, you know, is being someone that is not. Mm-hmm. So it's a that is a you're right. That is a very. I couldn't do something like that. I, I don't. I'm not you know, good enough an actor or liar or not to do that kind of thing. So yeah, it is a really cool cool angle to have. All right. Oh, did yeah, you? Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, ask you. Uh, he's just uh, he's the master spot. Like whether it's uh, formulating the plan or you know setting up the bugs or you know, mimicking someone to get out of a situation or fighting uh, fighting his way out like he, he's capable of, of it all and i think that's what uh that's the main draw for for men to that show like because he's the a big supply of action uh, different skill sets there i mean i just again with between their cast i just think they do a really good job uh providing things for everyone to be interested in and lloyd is uh he is the, the male draw absolutely yeah, yeah. The yes. main. Go ahead, go ahead, uh, Ethan. No, I'm sorry. Also, it was to, to piggyback off what Otis said, as far as like the way the kind of the aspect of the team drama or the the team working within the spy genre is similar to, again to something like Mission Impossible, where they have that each have their own role to do something like that. This is a team of spies that are unaware of the fact that they are a, are a team of spies. So all the missions they're doing, they think they're doing them for different reasons, but they actually are still working together in some unison, unknowingly that how much not knowing how many talents they actually all have. Um, I guess Anya kind of knows that the other two, through reading their minds, can do mm-hmm. other stuff. But obviously, 
Twilight and Yor have no idea how capable they actually are. So it's just fun to watch them do what would seem like mundane missions, like you'll see later on in Dev, where they go to try to get her into the school, um, which would be a simple interview, but they, it becomes like a heightened stake kind of a mission. So it's just kind of fun to see those, all those angles play out with these three characters. Mm -hmm. The backup plan's the backup plan. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, the main thing that I really enjoy about him as a character is seeing that although he is this master spy and uh, master uh, master of disguise, we see him start to slip up, and he says it himself when he starts to get some form of um, affection for his daughter early on. So much so that he's starting to slip and not like letting his guard down more than he would ever in his life. Um, again, with like somebody we just talked about with the skills that he has and how difficult it is to see that happen, I'm like, it sounds, it sounds like he's a human being. So again, he's not just this death machine or spy machine. Like he's a well-rounded individual that has human emotions that are difficult to control and sometimes even notice that they're fluctuating. Um, yeah. That was, it was like a little thing for me, but it was a little thing in, in, the, in the grand scheme of the show, I feel like. But for me, it was something that stood out in particular about his character. It just goes to show that the writing is top notch, that you can write three different characters that are fully fleshed out and have emotions that are relatable as well. And they all interact with each other um, really cohesively and really, really, really well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sad. Like Lloyd is just the ultimate straight man, also because he just even <laughs> sets up or ruin every joke possible. Like he, he, he his, his conversational dynamic with the rest of the cast is always well done. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, it, it, yeah, I think he definitely is the ultimate straight man because usually what happens oftentimes is is that the the young girl is like trying to because she's reading so many minds, she's reacting to what she reads in the minds, but no one else knows that. So she's she's having freakouts, and then Lloyd is watching that like he and he's like as he said the straight man like he's worrying about it, and then yours is almost like in her own world or she's either drunk or something. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> so it's the, their reactions to all these things is hilarious, and then also like you said, Deb, it's funny because your I'm sorry, uh, Twilight or Lloyd definitely does care about the little girl. I mean, he's the one that found her in the orphanage, and as you go further through the series and especially in the manga and stuff, it's, it, it becomes more prevalent that he's aware of the fact that eventually. He'll have to leave her, have to separate from her too, and he doesn't want to do that. So it's a the mission does cross over from from being a fake family to be a real so that, that Lloyd does care about too, and but and so does uh, Yor also. She cares about both of them as well. Another previous scene that stands out to me that makes that uh, point even more so concrete to me is the fact that um like when you look at it earlier in the show in that first episode he was like undercover as this girl's um fiance for a while so that means he had to right. like right. form some form of uh, some form of relationship and romantic bond with this woman or at least like have her form that bond with him and he was with her in a romantic relationship for i don't know how long and maybe a couple months maybe or a couple weeks to make that probably a couple months to at least to make to, to propose to her to make her want to marry right. him um, and long enough and, for her to expect an engagement and want it and want to be married to him right and he just cut that off cold like he was very <laughs> cold to her like he just like fuck them hoes put these niggas on me like <laughs> like he just like <laughs> let her go and got off of her altogether. and i was like damn he didn't hurt that dirty but he was still like his heart was really warm to this child yeah so i thought that was an interesting uh thing to kind of notice there when they showed him obviously on purpose to try to be really cold and calculated as a spy but then this little girl just made him slip up and just forget everything that he um like instilled in himself of, uh, of habit yeah because he does that in the, in the pilot episode he actually mm -hmm. he puts like you say he put that probably puts on the mask of the skies to go in there and infiltrate the base to, he does it to save her and he saves her not because it's part of the mission but because he just wants to save her because he just doesn't want her to get hurt so it's um he's almost jeopardizing the mission by saving her at the end so he, he, he from the so from the jump he cares about her he does care actually about the girl little girl which yeah i love it i appreciate it. the show to me is great um i can't wait to watch a lot more of the show i'm gonna be binging a lot more really soon mm -hmm. and we'll probably do an overall review on it and give our overall rating and stuff on the show itself uh whenever it finishes or whenever the season's over with relatively soon yeah um moving on i want to get into uh one i guess the big honcho of the show and miss marvel that's Damn. the big honcho <laughs> yeah, I mean it's the biggest, the, probably it's the, the biggest yeah. budget, the biggest it's, pockets, it's and the most premier, attention on it. Yeah, it dropped this week. Yeah, yeah most eyes on it. Maybe yeah. you, I mean, you can argue between that and Obi Wan, but it's probably this one. Miss um, Marvel. Mean, I'm gonna take Spy Family just because I mean it is just uh, anointed as the ninth highest grossing anime of all time already, and it's only. But it is. Time. Yes. Jesus. So, <laughs> I want to I I compare those numbers to like MCU stuff to see. 
But the MCU being oh. as globally big as it is. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, the popularity for Marvel stuff is significantly higher than... I'm just talking about, like, with it being both quality and popular, I put that as a bigger honcho, personally. Yeah. Well, there's only quality, like yes. But I'm as far as regards to, like, the amount of money that's being put into it, the amount of time and people that are working on it, mm-hmm. plus with her being the first Muslim... A Middle Eastern superhero. There's a lot of people on the side of the world that may not have watched it before. They're going to be watching it now to see how they present her. I just, yeah. to me, that was why I did all that. I think that's it's going to be critically looked at all over the world a lot more than probably most other stuff. Oh, absolutely. It's definitely going to be under a bigger microscope. Does that make sense? A bigger microscope? But it's going to be under more scrutiny than other shows. And it's going to have more eyes on, like you said, than other shows. It's kind of similar to an anthem for like the with Black Panther, how that right. was a big, that uh, was a big movement for. Uh, lots of people too. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you, Dev. It's it's a it, it is a momentous you know, occasion, so right? To, speak. to get to get into it, um, initially for me, my initial thoughts is it's okay. It's to I, I'm gonna be honest. I kind of this word may trigger a lot of people, but it's kind of mid to me. I I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it over in over amount. I thought um, a lot of things that they did um, cinematically was cool. Uh, one thing that stuck out to me, I thought was really neat, was they had there's like a text message exchange. But the messages took place with different things in the environment that I thought was like, okay, that's pretty well shot. Yeah. A lot of that was practical, I know. Um, yeah. Also, her, um, they do this thing now, the which they're letting you get more insight into the world. They're kind of world building a lot more at the MCU um, in regards to showing that Ant Man has a podcast in which he's had other superheroes on, and a lot of the world knows what happened during the Infinity War and Endgame uh, situation, and like how, who died, why they died, things of that nature. Um, so it's dope. Those are like the really bright spots. I think Kamala Khan as a character is cool. Honestly, I think I may enjoy her a little bit better in the game. I feel like maybe she was better written in the game. But again, we got to see a full arc in the game, so I can't really say that 100% yet, to be sure. Um, yeah, it was just really slow paced for me. And I there's a lot of things that they tried to set up, but I don't think they set up well enough to be to cause a lot of excitement for me personally. Um, what were your guys' initial thoughts on the show? It felt like a decon, a Disney Channel original movie, but uh, in the Marvel Universe. It it, it, it was very teeny bopper. It was, uh, it, 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 there felt like there were no significant stakes until, I guess, I mean, the, the powers were to finally show up. Now, I, I, I mean, I'm going to give it more of a chance because this is the first episode, but it was just, right. it was very uh, childish. And if they yeah. are trying to appeal to the same market of people, the... Uh, so I think that's you hit the nail on the head as far as the demographic. Who are they trying to appeal to? He said Teeny Bopper or a kind of the uh, Disney, uh, not Mickey Mouse Club, but the kind of different. Might as well be. The younger, younger demographic. I think that's the point. They're not trying to appeal to the same folks that enjoyed, you know, say, well, Moon Knight or something Moon like Knight that. Or, or even um, you World know, like Captain America Winter Soldier. You can't remember, like, remember that first episode, Captain America, Captain America Winter Soldier. The deaths, the, the death count in that one episode, or mm-hmm. when later on when he used a shield to, to cut somebody open. Like I mean, this isn't the same demographic by any means. And even the right. comic book for Kamala Khan for Miss Marvel is is meant for a younger, a, oftentimes female audience. So right. in, in that regard, I'm like yeah, they pretty much are hitting the nail on the head. Uh, and one thing that that you mentioned earlier, Dev, is that this is trying to. It, it give a champion for the, the Muslim community, especially for young girls. And mm. I, my brother, who is a Pakistani, as y'all know, he's Pakistani. He watched it with his wife and his young three-year-old son, and they loved it as a family. So as a family mm. show, it, it did what it was trying to do. And, as for, and for Muslims and Pakistanis, because she's Pakistani also, it, it, it worked for them. They actually enjoyed it. So right. if they're trying to hit those beats, they were successful. As far as a show for us, around our demographic, we're going for it's not really for us, and that's that's okay. Right. Which is which is fine if it's meant for a younger audience. And I, I figured they'd be a little bit more conservative with thing with this show in particular because of the culture that they'd be representing and um, showcasing. Mm-hmm. I, which is fine with me. If people of that culture and Pakistani culture and Muslim culture um, enjoy that and you think it was done tastefully, all right, I can't say yeah. you're wrong. That's your culture. Um, we had were able to judge Black Panther when that came out to our culture. Yeah. Um, which again, that's probably uh, what that is. Just a matter of it being very conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, another bright spot I did forget that they're doing with this show that I think they're doing on universally pretty well, tying in all the different shows into each other. Um, 
for a spoiler alert, there's a moment in time where she first activates the 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 bang is a banglet or bangle. I can't remember the name of the yeah, actual the, item. I think it's a bangle. I think it's bangle. bangle. You see her go into this um almost something akin to the ancestral plane that the Black Panther goes into. And we know from Moon Knight that um, different cultures and different people have their own version of that. Like the afterlife is the same, but they're different versions of it. Right. Um, and we also know that her grandmother had some kind of ability or maybe her mom may have um, due to the fact that her mother talked about the dreamers and all kinds of that stuff being something that's hereditary within the family. Yeah. yeah. So they're doing a good job at tying different things together. So I am excited to see what that ancestral plane was and how that connects to her powers um, and what her powers even are. So they're doing something. Yeah, because right they that? showed a they showed him briefly, which a little they looked a little different as far as almost like almost like Green Lantern mixed with her old powers yeah, from the comics. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, she's making like heart like constructs. Heart like constructs. Yeah, yeah. she's doing. She's stretching things out. So I'm I'm curious to see how that actually plays out of what she what happens to her. Obviously, it's, it's origin story for this character and this this take of her. But mm -hmm. I, I know you mentioned earlier that you weren't as you weren't as big a fan of this iteration of her as you were from her the, from the video game. Right. I actually like this one of her, this version of her a little bit more. She seems more like an actual interesting person um, or like a more relatable person. The way she, Kamala Khan was in the game, she almost seemed like that she was a game a character. Trope. Yeah, she was just yeah. chipper, unnecessarily. Right. Her motivations weren't necessarily like thorough or yeah. well thought out. She was just there for the sake of plot. Right, she was there for sake of plot. This feels like a real, like, you know, 15, person, 16 year old right. teenager person. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, so. So I, so I, I definitely, I mean, it was. I, I know it's definitely not for us necessarily, but I still enjoy for what, what it was. And I did enjoy, like you mentioned, Dev, some of the fun ways they had, like playing the um, the, the, the uh, emojis and stuff in the text, or having mm -hmm. where the, the the spray paint in the back on the walls in the background. It felt like, almost like that's an effect that they've done in so many different things already, though. Like you, you see that in like Wreck It Ralph, you see that in yes. certain scenes in Monsters Inc. Uh, like I mean, it, it's not a new thing to Disney. Which no. is why it, it kind of—I wouldn't say it bored me, but I was like, I've seen you do this before, Disney. Like, this isn't a new effect. Yes, this, it's, it's nothing been about this series before. is new besides them just completely like altering the the backstory of a character that has already existed in Kamala Khan. Yeah. I mean, right? Like, They're the being whole, safe with her. They're being safe with her. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm not, yeah. It, being safe has nothing to do with completely altering the the inhuman. Uh, fast of her power like that like that was a choice that they made deliberately and i i kind of need yeah, to know the, why like bangle, yeah. Yeah. probably difficulties are writing all the inhumans together now i like, mean uh, introducing yeah, them I'm and sure. making like because now if you give her make her an inhuman now you have to like come up with the terrigen mist and how that was distributed and how that even was made and yeah granted it's not impossible they can do it but I, yeah, I thought that were yeah, very yeah. difficult versus just giving her something like a quantum band or just an item that made her stronger. Yeah, it's much simpler. Yeah, it felt like a cop out because, like, yeah. honestly, like, if they're not going in that direction, like, I don't have any like personal care into how this story develops. Like, I, I was thinking, like, okay, like, okay, this is Terrigen Mist, and you're seeing all these new power people have to find a way to stabilize themselves in this new world. Now it's like it's not even that. So it's like. What am I watching this for? I'm watching for her. For me, once I saw what they were kind of doing, I know, all right, cool. We may not get too much uh, development in like the world that I want to see. At this point, I'm watching to see, are they going to develop her as a well-rounded character? Is she going to get the, the the care and treatment that she should, um, being the kind of character she is and how we haven't really gotten a lot of her? Um, yeah, that, that that's same here. I'm That's my biggest motivation. I know yeah. it's, it is a different story, though. But I am still, I still want to see how she's developed. This iteration of her is developed. All right. um, but then also, even in the MCU, so many characters, their origins and stuff, the story aren't the same as with the comic books, anyways. So it's right. like nothing to that. Yeah, it's true. But I don't know if anyone's been altered to that degree where essentially, like, no, not to that degree. Their whole species has changed, right? Yeah. Like, and, and then, like, like the timing of it also is kind of weird to me too, because they've already shown that a, a equivalent of Black Bolt already exists within the MCU. Yeah. I, think, like, I feel like the what's the purpose of that that Easter egg there if you're not going to feed into it when the character that is supposed to be of that same ilk is is uh, introduced? Like, right. but the thing is when they when they had the Black Bolt, they that was obviously in a different. Universe, universe right. yeah. Um, so I'm not sure if they're saying that's the same one because also, even the Inhumans, the show, the Inhumans, I don't know that that was meant to be because that was TV universe compared to mm -hmm. or yeah. ABC. TV yeah, universe, so I, don't, I don't know, 
they need to get as far away from that as possible. Yeah, that was a fire. So I understand so like, what they're trying to avoid that in that way. But right. like, you, you could have had it so like she just walked into a room and got hit with a a terrigen crystal. Like, there are so many ways that she could have done that, but they decided yeah, to go this way. To... So whatever this way that they choose, it better be good. Uh, really quickly to answer Craig's earlier question about are any of the MC cast nerds. Um, I know for a fact that the main character, uh, Kamala Khan, she actually like, she has like a journal that I've seen. Like I've seen her uh, interview with her. She has a journal, like all her theories on the MCU stuff. Um, and then like she watches like stuff like New Rock Stars. I know they talked about it on their channel about how like a she's a fan. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. yeah. She's yeah, she's actually like Marvel MCU fan. A YouTube YouTube nerd too. Yeah. I think the directors that directed those first three episodes, the first two episodes, are actual like big fans. Apparently it's funny to me, but they talked about how like Feige only gives directors and people that work in these movies enough to know how that character's arc's gonna go. He does not give them details on like the overarching plan of the MCU. Which that's is I thought, heard, I, yeah, I thought that was funny. Uh yeah, sir. Um, um and to hit your point earlier in regards to people's cha being changed that much, I don't know if you guys have heard, but they're significantly changing um Namor's origin. Like when is he when is he showing up? When is Namor in Black Panther? He's Black gonna Panther. be in, uh, Black Oh, Panther. that's right, that's right, because they were doing a whole Atlantis type of yeah. So yeah, Atlantis yeah, right. is not gonna be like this ancient mystical city. It's gonna be it's gonna be like a city, but it's not gonna be that old, and Namor is not gonna be a mutant from what I'm uh, gathering. So but they do have they do have the rights to mutants now. Right? Yeah, they do, but they're okay. not making that character okay. that I think because it's it's so difficult because now you have to be right like where like why weren't mutants doing anything this whole time or yeah why yeah. weren't this did this just now happen like there's so many it's a lot of plot holes that would open up yeah. if you introduce things like that that way that it can be done written but I think it's a lot harder and it gives them a bigger chance to flop and right. give us a bigger like right. They're being very safe with this stuff now and trying to introduce it like piece by piece by piece. You're trying to try not to make such a mess with retconning and everything right. else. I, I, I feel you. I dig that. I dig that. They, um, they already had a, a mess to fix with uh, Eternals and they didn't do that well. Exactly. So. No. Yeah, that was that. I think that was the biggest problem is they were handcuffed trying to do that, trying to cover, right. some, cover so much ground with that movie and it really didn't work. Which yeah. I think that's what they're doing with all the, the recent projects coming out is that they're closing up plot lines and trying to stop as, and close up as many plot holes as possible which you'll see like that with the conclusion of like i'm pretty sure there's gonna be like thor's wrap-up movie pretty much and we've already seen black widow's story get wrapped up and cap been wrapped up in different shows like they're trying to slowly like close ties with all the older stuff so they can start fresh with all these new characters and kind of right start strong yeah so, yes, dropping all like the fantastic four mutants and right off the gate like like a lot of people will want like i'll probably want as a fan as a biased fan it would just make it difficult to introduce all that alongside introducing all these characters that are already C-list characters in the eyes for a lot of people, like Moon Knight. Introducing Moon Knight while also simultaneously jumping around and trying to make mutants make sense. And then they still got to do the scroll invasion and all, all the shit they have set up. I'm just like... That's the biggest thing, yeah. I'm and just like... Kane the Conqueror and... It'll be, to me, I think it'll be I a whole other phase. I don't feel like it's not that difficult. Like, they've already had multi, multiple multiversal events. Figure it out. Do it. But a lot of those multiversal events ended up with them not being able to visit those events anymore. Like those other universes are done. Like they came back to this this one universe, this one thing, these one set of characters. You can see the other stuff, but they're not relevant because we can't go there. But like they made it a point. like that is a choice that they made to have it go like that. They right. they made the choice to do that. It's not something that they oh we have to do this because it won't make sense. Other that was a choice that they chose to do. That was their right. their thing. They, they, they set do it up. that, it's significantly I, harder is my point, though. But, like, yes, it is hard. You have billions. Do the hard shit. Well, no, I, th I think what it is, they already had a roadmap in mind. They, so it's right. not that they're not starting from zero trying to figure out how to do this. They they, they had some things in mind on how to do this from the right. start, in a way. Because I, um, I guarantee you on that roadmap, they probably had a time where, like, well, maybe if we get X-Men by this time, we can try to put them in here. All right, cool. We got the problem. We didn't get them at that point. Now we got to try to recircle around and get them in here where it makes sense for us and their roadmap that they have. Yeah, it's not even a money uh, thing. It's just a matter of will the writing make sense? Yeah, you can and, get and, and, a million not, thousand writers, but will it make sense? <laughs> right, and, and also it's something some of the owners should know himself. There's such a thing as easy when it comes to writing. Just because mm -hmm. they have billions of dollars doesn't mean it's easy to do it. We've, we've seen more than enough examples of money not fixing writing and not fixing stories and not fixing movies or whatnot. So it's still gonna be hard to do. Um, uh, and so it's something that Craig asked here. Uh, he said, I, "I didn't. I guess he means I didn't think these characters were random. I thought they were all uh, intentional." Which I agree. I think they all they all are intentional. I, from from the track record that Marvel has, no one has been a random that's kind of thrown in. They all have right. served some purpose. It seems so far. Yeah, I don't think we said anything about anything being random. 
Uh, I'm not sure if we did. You yeah, know. if you could elaborate a little bit further, Craig, so we know a little bit more. Yeah, which character sure. you're talking about? Um, random. Last thing on on that point in particular, those characters, like especially with characters the X Men or like the Fantastic Four, where they're probably like the cream of the crop of Marvel IPs for ever and ever. All men, they're gonna take their time to make sure they drop them in perfectly and like the exact way that they want to do it and not rush and shit because they cannot fuck up this drop because we've seen these characters which again the first family of marvel and the x-men being like the biggest team and biggest yeah. character team and, based. and, and oh that i understand thoroughly but mm -hmm. what they are also doing in the process is intentionally throwing fake breadcrumbs like you know the 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 thing with uh the the black widow i'm not Bob black widow uh scarlet witch series where they threw in the other quicksilver yeah, that was a multiverse of madness when they put in uh, uh, Patrick Stewart. Like they're doing right. these things intentionally to let you know that they're coming. Yeah, but like they're essentially setting up ways for them to not happen when they when they could happen. Like well, they're it's they're a basically yeah they're having the kicking in it too. Oh, so there's mm. like hey we have the X Men we have Professor Xavier we have the actual '90s cartoon Professor Xavier right here, but he's in another universe, so therefore he can die literally die in this movie and mm -hmm. it's okay. So, all right. right. So we have Evan Peters, the actual Quicksilver from the 20th century Fox X-Men universe here, but it's actually some weird random actor that um, that doesn't actually have any bearing whatsoever in the real right, show. Right. So, so they, they're finding little ways to do that without actually having to, to suffer the, the consequences, as it seems. Uh, and to, to go to your point, though, Dev, because we had, uh, what, three previous um, sorry, Fantastic Four movies, and they were all pretty bad... Uh, they know they have to kind of like if they're going to reintroduce those those characters actually as their own unit, they've got to do it the right way. They can't just. Right. They, they've kind of lost the goodwill with those characters in some sense. And the so, thing is, it's not just those characters too. Like along with those characters comes a plethora of other characters that are like unit like galactic level, like with Galactus, the Silver yeah, Galactus, Surfer, Dr. Mole Man, um, um, yeah, Molecule Man, Owen Reese, and shit like like characters that are attached to these characters in this group. Like it's not just them. All these other people are gonna come with them now. And you have to do that right. Which I think it'll probably be another phase before we see them. I think that's looking at the roadmap because their roadmap is like it's like it actually goes into like twenty twenty five at this point with all the different titles and shit they got planned. Yeah. Um. So I don't know when they're coming, but it'll probably be a while before we see them in a whole other phase. Do Do you think I know we're getting a little topic here, but do you think they will introduce, let's say, for example, the X Men that they will just bring them in someone else's? movie or what's that new quant well, quantum mania right that's the yeah that's the, the biggest theory that i've seen right is, yeah, yeah yeah do you think do you think they'll do that they'll introduce the x-men or mutants in someone else's movie um possibly because I, I think the way that works is that that quantum realm is like a different dimension almost like um akin to like how george lucas wanted the metachlorians to be a thing where Jesus. people within this dimension yeah. are like actual sentient beings so there's a whole like bunch of people in there possibly at a different size or some shit like that or a different world interesting um which I don't know. We'll see. I'm excited to see again. Jonathan motherfucking Majors is coming back for that, so I can't wait to see him in that again. Yeah, that'd um, be dope. That'd be fun. I know you hate Paul Rudd. I like him. It is I what know it is. you hate your Paul Rudd. Uh, oh, that was a good, that was a good segue, Dev, as far as you said. You know, Clarence and Star Wars, that's a pretty good segue to the next. Yeah. And to the next thing. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, you know how I do. I'm getting better yeah, at this. Uh, it's been a while. That literally was not. But um, getting into Obi-Wan Kenobi in this show. Me and um Otis, me and Ethan talked about it briefly. Um last that was the last week or the week. Yeah, it was last I think week. It's week before this week before last. I can't remember, but yeah, but we got into it. We obviously had our thoughts on it. We it kind of akin to Miss Marvel. I feel like it is a setup show because they're introducing a lot of characters that they're focusing on and a lot of concepts um, that they're kind of spending time on. And it feels like they're just using this show to introduce concepts for other shows down the line because there are cool things that happen in the show. And the show's obviously really beautiful and really well shot. But there's just it's maybe just the pacing for me, possibly. I don't know. But it's just something about it just seems off. And I just don't love it to the extent i feel like i should as like i know how big of a star wars fan i am i feel like i should love you this do. show a lot more than what i do that's like, interesting because you it, i thought when we first talked after the first two episodes you were in love with the show i thought you did i like i like the first one but again a lot of that because i rewatched those episodes a couple times i thought a lot of that was just nostalgia the fact that i got to see this character obi-wan for the first time in forever yeah um, and then it was Owen uh mcgregor yeah, somebody else that i really loved as that character yeah. Um, so it's like everything I wanted is all my nostalgia and shit kicked in and watching it over again. I see. The first episode was cool, 
and we've talked about in the last like two weeks ago how we were kind of both slightly annoyed with um with Leia and <laughs> no that you you <laughs> I was I liked I, her. you were yeah yeah I, said were, I feel I, like I, she did the most in certain extents but I liked her overall in her yeah. acting um again to me highlight of the show is still Reva I still love Reva the most I think her arcs would be dope and I want to see what they do with her going forward. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like she, she's actually one of the better characters in this. Absolutely, the highlight of the show is Vader. Like the highlight of the show is fucking Vader. Like he's he's not really the star at all. He's very much like his minutes are the only minutes of the show I actually care about. Yeah, he's very very small. If it's not him, I I really don't care about this. I'm just not getting attached. I don't know. I don't think they're gonna do anything with him going forward. They may, but everything they have set up going forward that I've heard is like past stuff and different shit that's not going to involve him anywhere near it. Right. So but also speaking of that elephant in the room, all the marketing, you also the marketing, Hayden Christensen was with was with Ewan McGregor for a lot of these things. Right, right. I can't imagine, I mean, I don't except for that one very brief blinking, you will literally miss it Vision Quest cameo that he has. Are we seeing him at all in this show? If he, if he, if he, oh, he's in the suit. He's actually actually Darth Vader. It's like, no, he's not. That's not. That's not him. Because he's in that suit. That's so, definitely not him in the suit. So, so what's? How are they going to put him in? Is, <laughs> what's? I don't think he's going to be James in the show. Earl Jones coming back. They got James Earl Jones. Initially, when they announced him, I'm like, oh, James Earl Jones is he's not coming back. So they're just going to have him do that and da 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 da. Um, and then initially, I was like, oh, they just have him without his helmet for a lot. I guess it would be kind of weird. Be I don't know, but fucked. No, I don't. No. But I, I don't know, man. I'm I'm trying not to get attached to him because I was after he popped up and had that wild ass scene at the end of um three uh not rebels. Oh my god, what was the name Episode of that? that oh, Rogue One. Rogue, Rogue. One. Oh, oh Rogue yeah. One. I just knew in my heart. Oh, they about to bring Vader back with a passion. Now he had that fire ass scene. Years go by, and this is the first time we've seen him do anything live action on screen since then. So well, I'm just not. Was, I'm not a, getting attached to him. No, that's fair. But that was a massive reshoot. That that wasn't even supposed to be in the movie originally. And then, like, pretty much, like, right before the movie came out, they're like, "Yo, how about we do this one last, one last little scene?" And like, "Okay, let's do that." So they kind of didn't even plan for it to be in the movie, mm-hmm. in the in Rogue One. Right. Uh, the best part of that movie, the best part, in my opinion, out of, out of all the sequel stuff, was that one but three minute mm-hmm. scene, which is basically a last minute reshoot. So yeah, I've talked uh, about it before. I love seeing these um, old original trilogy characters, and now that we have the technology to do so, we can show like the full scale of their power. Like on screen now, like oh, Palpatine. We got to see just how fucking busted Palpatine was. Granted, the movie wasn't very good, but whenever he was doing force lightning shit and doing his evil shit, yeah, it was dope. Like that, that one moment was, was dope. But he shoots this lightning yeah, in the sky. It. And it, I can't watch that third movie. It's dope. You miss yeah, you don't have to, you I go watch that. Don't, one don't watch scene. the movie. Don't watch the movie. Don't Let's watch find it. that one scene. You'll yeah, be like, one scene. Yeah. literally, like even then he was still slightly toned down. Like we talked about it with the MCU stuff and Marvel characters being toned down. He's still slightly toned down in that movie from what he can be. Because in the I comics, think, he's I, blowing up planets with four storm clouds and shit. He's basically his own Death Star. Yeah, he, he literally he is that powerful. But I think that's that's common. That's what they do. Like with live action, they always scale right. them down. They always scale them down live action. No Which is say. fine, because he can't be blowing up planets. It's, like, it's hard to show that and make it look good on screen. Right. Which Yeah, make it look actually, yeah. Because, I mean, like Storm, for example, in the X-Men, if they let her be what she actually is, she's like, you know, decent enough to take down Thor. So it's like, so they can't, how do you showcase that properly in a movie and have her be so OP that she just blows everything away? So right. yeah, but yeah, what was I going with that? Um, Reva, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm giving so much attention to Reva just because I know with them introducing her, they're probably going to have her in a lot of other stuff going forward because we, they can have. Her. I don't, they don't really have a timeline on when she dies unless they kill her off the end of the series. But she'll probably be in Obi Wan going forward, not Obi Wan, but the Mandalorian at some point. She'll probably be in other in the Ahsoka show. Like she'll be in other shows appearing uh going throughout. She's See, like, is she in how would that work in the in, in Mando? Because like this is like it's only 30 like, years later. So she'd be like an old lady, wouldn't she? Or she'd be it, it wouldn't be the same she's actor. Like, she's like the same actor. 18, 19. They can put her in makeup. Old people makeup, that's not that art. Yeah, but and maybe they they could have the same character, maybe have a different actor right. or something. Uh, but is, her, is she in extended lore? Is she in like, the comic books or anything? Oh, well, she's third to my knowledge, she's an original character to my knowledge. Okay, which is why I'm so like interested to see what they do with her. Um, I'm excited. Yeah. I like again, I like so far, I like what they're doing with her. I'm ready to see what kind of arc they take. Is she going to be full Sith? Is she going to kind of turn back into a great Jedi? Da, 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 da. I'm ready to see more of her in, in particular. Um, because again, I want, yeah, what... I want, I want her to have better scripts and more to work with. Because I realized it's not, I was upset with her at the beginning in the first episode, but I realized no, they're just not giving her the right stuff to work with. Yeah, yeah she has really moments, like she has her moments, she does where, have like, moments. I'm just like, she damn, has to good. force them, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's not the actor. It's the material she has to work with. There was a part in the fourth episode where she's kind of interrogating a little girl, and it shows like she has different sides. The actual actor can do different mm-hmm. ranges. Like, okay, it is that. It's, it's the material she has. I love so, her interactions with the third brother, I believe, in which, like, he's obviously jealous and envious as hell, and she's kind of just being smart alecky and smart alecky and kind of giving him these one shots back, like, oh, you want to fuck with right. me? Vader said, Vader told me to do this shit. So if you want to, you want to smoke, you got to smoke with Vader, not me. The guy um, looks like he looks like a like one like a green. I think wand that's the same actor. I think that's uh, is it him? Wand. Okay. I think so. Yeah. If I'm right, it's either him okay. or I think it's the dude that played um, um, Strong Wong in Otis's words. From oh, it, it's <laughs> 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 Um, uh, yeah. yeah, but I'm I'm excited to see what they do with her. In general, Star Wars, like I wasn't even super hyped for Obi Wan. I was like, I told John that in the. In the trailer review we did for it, because we kind of know where his story goes. Yeah, you were but it hype. seems like they're going to break canon to some extent. If, if Obi Wan meets Vader again, that's canon. I think they've only fought or met twice since the Monster Fire fight in the comics and in the stories and stuff that are canonically. That'd around. be weird if they had them. If there are two interactions that are this close together and they don't meet again for another what thirty years, roughly. I guess right. he don't want no smoke. Maybe 20, he will get fucked up. Because but, uh, Vader, Vader is exponentially stronger than that point, and Obi Wan's exponentially weaker from not using the Force for yeah. <laughs> now here's the thing. Let me ask you this real quick, because y'all are smarter than I am. As you all know this, how old? They say Leia's ten in this show, right? Mm, nine or ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then with, later on in Episode Four or A New Hope, aren't they supposed to be like in their what twenties or so, roughly? A New Hope. They're supposed to be like twenty one, twenty two, like early twenties. Yeah. Okay, so let's say let, let's go let's go higher. Let's say let's, let's say there's 12, maybe even 15 years from now. Okay, let's say let's, let's say the 25, 15 years from now. Mm-hmm. You're telling me that you McGregor in 15 years look like Alec Guinness? You've been aging hard, bro. Best example, you saw what happened to Obama, right? Yeah, but he's still you look so happy Morgan Freeman, right? Morgan Freeman was looking young to old as shit. Out of yeah, no way. Morgan yeah. Freeman, that's that like four, four years. years for happening. <laughs> Obama into Obama like eight years, and eight, Obama eight years. went from smooth, like young looking <laughs> dude to like look like he went through some shit in he eight did. years. Yeah, the, hair, the hair went pure stalk silver, right. but uh plus on top of that, you got he's on a desert planet for like his for like the entire 30 for ye- or entire 15 years. Oh yeah, 25 total, yeah. 25 yeah. total. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's, it's it's a stretch, but I'm like it's a guess. It kind of makes it some Star Wars <laughs> movie magic. Movie no, magic. Yeah, that, that white pasty skin gets beat up by that right. sun boy. See, yeah, yeah. Boy, that, that's when I can't imagine your skin's the best quality if you're getting heat like solar radiation from what two suns? Oh yeah, two suns. Yeah, two, two suns. Yeah, it has, was enough for me. God damn. Uh, but we actually didn't hear what Otis thought of the show because we actually I, I know, but we didn't hear officially on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah what Otis's bad. take was. So Otis, I'm curious, what was your take on the show? Go ahead and let us know. This man. Like yeah. it's okay. Yeah, like it's there, there are really well crafted scenes. Like uh, they, 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 you can tell that they put a lot of effort into their set design, their costume design, into the effects that they they use to make the characters look how they're supposed to look. But uh, I was I was more hopeful that they would give more insight into like you know things that make Obi Wan tick, like uh, like the the true progression of how he gets from the. Essentially, like the best Jedi Knight at the time, from uh, you know Order sixty six to the decrepit man that you see in in uh, Episode four, and I mean, I guess we're getting uh, right. Like, I guess we're getting like tidbits of it, but it's nothing has uh, really impacted me the way that I, I was really hoping for, except for seeing Vader because Vader, because there's not a Vader lot. Is magnificent. Outside but, uh, of like him fighting Black Chrysanthemum, which is that Black Wookiee from Mandalorian, like he fights him and gives him that scar. And him killing Darth Maul, which we saw in Rebels, him fighting Vader for this uh, for the second time. Besides that, it's all just like him protecting Luke from like Tusken Raider fights. Like there's not really a lot that happens there. All his development happens previous to like Mustafar, like that through the Clone Wars, to his Padawan ship, through being a personal bodyguard for Satil. I mean, with like, them, there's not a lot that happens after that. With them having the liberties that they do, they, they could have made they can make it happen however they. I mean, like the the old canon isn't necessarily canon anymore. They can take liberties with the story because they they've done it already. They I was can. They would take the, take more to do something to do make something. this interesting. Because like, we'll, we'll, we'll fuck them up. Words, that... Can you stop cutting me off? <laughs> Go ahead. Right. Six episodes in, like they have not done anything to really push that narrative to 
that made, make, anything make anything compelling. Make anything compelling. compelling. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if they're gonna break because Disney like made new, like after they acquired Star Wars, they dropped a whole new line of like the original trilogy comics with the new like this is the new canon going forward, and yeah. so up to this point they haven't broken that canon at all. And the only time they would possibly break that is with another Vader fight, which maybe they'll do, but I haven't seen them do that at all with anything before. They're staying like they're hardcore staying to their comics. Right. And that's the thing, too, is they kind of disavowed a lot of other extended universe stuff. Mm -hmm. So previous comics. Right. Right. All the uh, other Dark Horse comics. So it's it's a weird, you know, kind of a. Wild right. West out there now for Star Wars stuff. Um, one one thing I so I, I told Otis this before off mic that my favorite scene so far in this series was in episode three, where it's a very simple scene where it actually does get a little bit into Obi Wan's background, where he's on the the back of that truck talking to Light, mm-hmm. and she pretty much asks him about his family or whatnot, and it's the first time I ever heard Obi Wan talk about openly talk about his family as far as like what, else what it was like before he became a Jedi, what his parents or brother were like, and I was like. And to see Ewan McGregor actually act that out, I was like, this actually is like some of the best mm-hmm. acting in the show by like, far. I, that's what I was hoping for more of. Like, okay, more give us yeah. pre-episode pre, uh, one Kenobi. Like, give us some yeah. flashbacks. Something. Yeah. Something it, it, that goes introspective as far as what this character, what Obi-Wan actually is like, um, as opposed to him just kind of blowing about in the sand. But that's that's my own personal take. So that's just, yeah, that's, that's why I told you. I was like, I'd rather just see a prequel Buddy copters with him and Qui Gon going through doing. Woo, woo, that's that would, bad. I, I would pay for that. I actually would pay money for that. If they're gonna like, if they're gonna break canon, then maybe I'm cool with that. But if they're not breaking canon, I'm like, nothing happens on Tatooine. Like he doesn't do shit, <laughs> and all the cool shit happens animated. Yeah, so we don't like. He doesn't cool. do shit. He's just there playing yeah. bodyguard. Yo, Dev, seriously, though, if they did a, you got, man, I'm actually a wreck now. A buddy, a buddy cop with Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, that'd be, man. Then you're covering I, I the Mandalorian stuff with Satil. Yeah. You're covering oh, all boy. the adventures he has with him up until um, up until the Phantom Menace. I'm, I, yes, I, yes, yes. So I'm just like, just do that, and I'm cool. But I think to get around that, that's why they're focusing on, well, up to the, where they're renaming it the High Republic, now, not the Old Republic, the High Republic stuff. With oh. acolyte and all the other stuff, they're gonna start going back into the yeah. past and probably do a Revan trilogy, which I'm all for because now that means you don't have to stick to anything that happened before. You can start fresh yeah. and bring dope characters and put your spin on them and shit like that. I know everyone loves Revan. Everyone, everyone wants to see some yeah. Revan. But if they, if I'm serious though, they sh- there's no reason for them not to do that now. Almost like in the same fashion of like Batman and Robin have a uh, Jedi Knight and his Padawan series, Buddy Cop or you know uh, Knight and his Padawan sidekick. Series going on, it'd be great. I love it. You know, it'd be crazier for me. I would love to see like a version of that, but for the Sith, like yeah. a Darth Maldus. Oh, yes. I'd, I'd, I'd watch the hell out of it. Some, that'd be some Game of Thrones type shit where it's that'd just Game amazing. of Thrones, Star Wars, but for the Sith. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. That'd be man. I wish that was actually. I don't think Disney would do that. In the darkest, it would go as having Mandalorian, but as a bounty hunter. But even then, they give him a baby as a sidekick. If they had it for actual Sith, actual Sith. Rule of Two style. Mm-hmm. It is called the show. They call the show Rule of Rule Two. two. Like that. See, yeah, I was yeah. waiting to say that shit. You took myself yeah, out of saying that yeah, shit. Yeah, my... <laughs> no, you're good. Hey, no. Disney, you don't even have to pay us. You want the credit us? Just no. do the shit. We, do we don't it. exist. We don't exist. Just, just give us the show. Why be happy? Yeah. Rule of Two and just follow like. Um, if you want to pay us, you're more. I mean, welcome. we're not opposed yeah, to cash. Not opposed to cash, but right, I'm not turning down money at all. But no. I just want the, I want the content. I don't know what Sly did. That was oops. But <laughs> hopefully Ooh. he's okay. Hope he did. He did like uh, <laughs> he did like bounce his check or something. But uh, I hope he's all right. Yeah, I think that's getting close to time. Um, before we take off, I want to make sure that you guys get a view of something that we have cooking up that we're dropping next Friday. Something that has been months in the making, and we finally got recorded, edited, and we're going to be doing promo for it. We're going to be showing you guys a clip of the new Loose Cannons episode that we have premiering with the Black Mastodonchi and Mr. The Ignit Rizzi that we have coming up. Wait, one quick question before we get to the second round with, with Kratos, because we know his backstory with, with the ashes on his skin. So, like, would lotion, like, get rid of that? Nah, or bro, that, it's, that's it's skin, man. bro. That's <laughs> intense. Ash. That's from yeah, ash. Jergens ain't like doing shit yeah, for that. Jergens. Jergens. So, like, Jergens. what What if, like, it was, like, some Athena lotion? Like, she made a home brand. Could <laughs> she right. make that come out? I'm going to tell you like this. 
by God of War 4, when this man's a grown-ass father with a full-on beard, he still got that gray skin. Got that. Yes. <laughs> Even when that man get on the water, that shit doesn't wash off doesn't at all. Off. It's yeah. still there. Literally, that's what happens when you, uh, it's not you lose your black card, it's just perpetually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Damn, you said, I'm coming off, bro. <laughs> <laughs> my buddy, stop laughing at me. He said my man turned into Sammy Sosa. Oh, <laughs> oh that was so weird. Yeah, that was a fun. That was fun to record. I had fun with that one. I was a blast and got to meet some inspirations of the channel. It does, um, and I've got to give a shout out to our boy Otis for the new logo, the new loose cannons logo that we got there mm-hmm. at the very end. So cool, and great, great job editing there, Dev. So, so, all right, so yeah, guys, if you guys want to see more of that and how those debates went again, that was Kratos uh, versus Scorpion and who had the most tragic backstory, and our combatants went through that and slugged it out for three hard fought rounds. Uh, so we thank you guys for tuning in. And if you guys want to see more of that, just be ready for Friday. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. This has been another episode of the Then and Now podcast. We will see you guys next time. Poo Diddy. Poo Diddy. You better, Disney. Don't become CW. Oh.